Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. Welcome back to the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today, Arielle and I are sitting down with the one and only Kelly Clark. If you're not familiar with Kelly, she had an incredible CrossFit season this year and is being more and more dominant by the day. We talk about what it was like to transition from team competition into individual competition, her mindset through all that, tips and tricks, and what helped her succeed on the competition floor. We also talk all about her experience as being a test subject for the CrossFit Games workouts and what that experience was like, taking the lead, being really a part of the process and talking with Dave Castro about what worked, what didn't, what was hard, what wasn't, what could be tweaked, and really being an integral part of the game's workout process. I can't wait for you guys to hear all about it. And while you're doing so, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review for the show. It really helps us continue to get guests on the show. We love to read them all. They fill our hearts full of so much joy and fire us up for a workout. If we don't know what workout to do for the day, we always head over to the NC Fit app. It has four different workout tracks a day in your pocket, on the go, ready to be fired up and gotten after. So if you're looking for more inspiration, if you're looking for a coach in your pocket, if you're looking for athletes to race against in workouts, the NC Fit app has you covered. While you're leaving that five-star rating and review and you're already in the app store, go ahead and download it for seven free days. Until next week, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Make Waves podcast. Ariel and I are sitting down with the one and only Kelly Clark, who I'm so excited to talk to because Kelly and I used to coach together. I've watched her athletic career just absolutely explode, especially in this last year, and can't wait to talk about that. So Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show. And we wanted to start by asking you, how are you making waves? Cool. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It's exciting to get to talk to you. Um, yeah, I guess um, I compete as an athlete in CrossFit. And for the last 11 or so years, I've competed on a team. Um, this last year, I went individual with all the rule changes. And it was a pretty incredible experience for me. Um, and definitely eye-opening for um, just how I learned a lot about how many people are watching what I'm doing and how many people are inspired and motivated from my journey. And uh, that was cool for me to see how much that influences others. And it, um, I guess it made me think a lot more about like the things that I'm putting out there and the example that I'm setting for people. And it was motivating to um, almost hold myself accountable to try and be that person that can inspire people and motivate people um, to work hard and shoot for their dreams and, you know, stick to a process, all that. Um, and then uh, I say, first and foremost, I make waves as a coach. I'm newly minted CrossFit level three trainer. Uh, <laughs> so um, pretty proud of that. And I just love helping people improve their lives through fitness. Um, I write prehab and gymnastics programs. I coach a barbell class 
in particular, really passionate about like movement correctives and recovery work, stress management, things like that. So um, I actually work at a very small gym in Santa Cruz, CrossFit Up, and it's unique because it's connected to a physical therapy clinic, uh, DeWitt PT, and we are actually um, just partnering together now to launch a wellness program that I've written and really excited about that. I think it's going to be something that meets people where they're at, you know, for people that are not quite ready to jump into the full CrossFit swing, people that have maybe limitations that they're still working through or people that lead really, really stressful lives and something that's super high intensity every day is a little bit too much for them. Um, it's going to just build a really good foundation for strength and stability and um, conditioning and then help people progress in a really sustainable way. And then hopefully uh, later on, we'll add things um, to the program that will support like the whole person's wellness outside of just the physical training piece. But yeah, that's, I guess, what I'm all about. Okay. That was amazing. First of all, thank you for that. Um, you said something at the very beginning about how it basically like competing and finding that all of these people were inspired by your journey. It like held you accountable. And I'm really curious to know kind of how you navigated that space, because I feel like for a lot of people, a lot of athletes in general, like they get into their sport and they get into competing because it feels good for them. And then that piece of performing in front of people like gets to them, right? Like it can be super stressful. It can be kind of overwhelming. And it's really kind of refreshing to hear that, you know, like you are acknowledging that people were inspired by that action. And I'm curious to know, um, how you got there and how you navigated that space. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I competed most of my career as a team athlete. And so when the rules changed and we had to have a team that was all in one location, we didn't have anything set up and we couldn't make the changes fast enough. So it was, you know, don't compete or compete alone. And that, um, that was a really scary thing for me. I've always competed on a team except like one early year when I was first starting. And, uh, the team has always been where my heart is and I haven't ever played individual sports. I've always, I mean, soccer and water polo, like I've never done anything that's individual. And so going individual was a really scary thing to me. And I like immediately, as soon as I made the decision early on in the season, I started sort of talking to people and friends about, um, what that mental shift was going to look like, because I kind of just, I knew that that was going to be the challenge for me, not so much like the physical piece of performing in front of crowds and everything. That's my jam, you know, put me in a stadium and I'm good. But like, the mental side of not having your teammates around you. And I was really afraid that I was going to feel alone on the floor. Um, and, and just like so many little pieces to it of like, you know, when you get into those dark places, 
in an event and things really hurt, I found that I used to rely on focusing on my teammates to kind of distract myself from my pain. You always had like so many moving pieces that, you know, I just focus on my teammates and all of a sudden myself to talk to and rely on and focus on was like this really big echo chamber of, you know, I don't like, I had to pay attention to what I was saying to myself and what I, you know, I found that like I had to really focus on my self-talk in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and so I started talking to a lot of, you know, um, former teammates and, um, coaches and things like that on how to navigate that. I did started doing a lot of research on like mindset work and how to make that shift. And, um, and so then, you know, when you're the difference in like going individual is you get a lot more visibility when started, when people started like following me and I was getting a lot of feedback, I was doing a lot better than I ever expected to as an individual. I kind of just was like, well, just go individual and see what happens. Um, and then it was like all of a sudden very real, like, oh, I'm actually like in a much higher space than I thought I could be. Um, yeah, I, I started realizing that I was in a much more visible position. You know, when you're on a team, you kind of, you have your teammates around you and it's like this little bubble of, you know, you don't really see the outside world as much. And the outside world, I think, doesn't see you because they see like the team and they don't like, they don't most people don't know the names of the people on the teams that are competing. And, um, but as an individual, I started realizing that more people were seeing me, more people were watching what I was doing, more people were getting to know me in a closer way that I was used to. Um, and so then I started having to really think about like what I was putting out there. And I, I can honestly tell you, I probably, um, I'm still navigating that and still working on it. I don't think I've really like hit my groove, but it's definitely something that um, I've started thinking a lot about. Like, just I'm a verbal processor, so I, like I talk to um, my husband slash manager, <laughs> and um, you know, like my coaches and my teammates and. Um, about like what I want my messaging to look like, you know, Instagram, I'm very aware that Instagram can be a little, like a little echo chamber, I guess, or like Instagram can show specific pieces of your life, but it never really like gets the whole picture. Um, and so I want to be really deliberate with the pieces that I'm showing. I want to be genuine, but I, you know, like, um, yeah, I want my image to like, to motivate people and to portray me as a strong female athlete more than an influencer. I want women to be celebrated for what they can do and, you know, strive for excellence, but know that like, they don't have to be perfect. And so that's like, I guess that's just where my thought process is at the moment. And I don't know that I've figured out how to put that out there in the best way, but that's sort of my goal and that's what I'm working towards. And I think that that, I wouldn't even have thought about half of these things if I hadn't just been like thrust into that position. <laughs> um, yeah. And now, and now it's a conversation that we're having and it's something that I'm still working on navigating.
I think that that's such an interesting thing that people don't think about, right? I mean, we sign on to Instagram. We are influenced by either people with huge audiences or micro audiences and everything in between. And I mean, Bloom and I talk about this all the time. Like you can set up your Instagram feed by who you follow, who you do to like really recreate your self-talk to reinforce maybe false core beliefs and to like go in and do what Bloom calls like a spring cleaning of your Instagram feed and followers <laughs> and all of those different yeah. things. And so it's really, really refreshing to hear that there's so much more intention going into what you're posting. Um, you know, I think we've all seen the like hot booty pick with like some like inspirational caption. You're like, no, no, this is about your butt. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, yeah. One thing you said earlier was really like diving into resources about your mindset and how that needed to shift from team competition to individual. And we love giving listeners tips and tricks and feedback. So was there anything that you read or saw that was especially inspirational or anything that you put into process that really, really worked for you in that change? Um. I think for me, I tried the, I tried the journaling thing for a while. Um, I tried writing things down, but, um, and, and it was cool, but I think I'm a little bit more of a verbal processor. So my process was very much like talking through things with people. Um, I have a teammate that's close here and, um, he's someone that I trust and he gets really into mindset stuff and like emotional coaching and things like that. And so Connor, he was a really, yeah, Connor. <laughs> Shout out Connor. What's up? Dude? Shout out Connor. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He actually came with me to semifinals as my coach and um, helped me through a lot of things, just um, figuring out where I was at, helping me be easy with myself was I think one of the things that I learned a lot. Um, I can tend to be um, so process focused that I almost get a little militant about it. Like I'm not one of those people that has a hard time like sticking to a structure and doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I can, I can get like so deep into that, that I forget like what the real priorities in my life are. And I think that was a big thing that I learned this year, not just with like how the season went, but like how the world is going right now is to really put the most important priorities in my life first and then make sure that I was living that. And, um, and so it, I had to learn to be easy with myself if I, you know, had to adjust training pieces or didn't get to sleep on time or, you know, didn't eat the right thing. You know, like I had to, that was a big thing. And I think it was a big shift for, um, I noticed that even when I, uh, my mental talk, when I'm alone, I'm not as nice to myself <laughs> as when I have my teammates around. And, um, and I think too, that's like a product of training by myself a lot now instead of with a team when you're like all alone, there's no feedback for like how you're doing when you're doing well, if you're doing poorly, I'm just going. Um, and I think my, yeah, my mental talk leaned towards like the negative things, just feeling like I suck at things all the time. Um, and so learning to be nice to myself and learning to 
let go of judging myself and just enjoying moving. I think that made the biggest difference for me this year is just really focusing on like, okay, my family comes first. That's my priority. If something has to get sacrificed with my training, then that's what happens. And I'm going to be nice to myself. I enjoy doing this. I do it because I love it. And at the end of the day, if I come back to that, then it's all good. And surprise, surprise, I've had the performance of a lifetime. So, <laughs> Isn't it funny how that works out? Yeah. Um, Bloom and I are laughing because we have this conversation probably at nauseum with I'm a therapist outside of this. So with my clients and with Bloom's Navigating Nutrition clients, it's the same thing. Like that falling in love with the process because, and I can only speak for myself on this, but I think it's relatively universal. Like we can set the goals and like, if I get this body, I'll be happy. If I can lift this weight, I'll be happy. And then you get there and it's empty and you're like, well, I'll just keep chasing this goal weight or like this goal lift. Um, so to just reiterate the importance of falling in love with the process. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with more for people that didn't see a whole lot of your individual career this season. Can you kind of lay out what that looked like? Yeah. Um, I started the open finishing, I think it was like 63rd in the world, 32, 34, something like that in the U S. Um, and then similar numbers in quarterfinals, um, like 30, 30 something. And, uh, and then went to the mid Atlantic, got slotted into the mid Atlantic semifinal and placed 10th there. One spot out of that last chance qualifier, um, which actually happened to be sort of a blessing in disguise because I ended up getting the opportunity to do games workout testing for Dave once my season ended, uh, which I wouldn't have gotten to then if I had gotten slotted into that last chance qualifier. Uh, so that was also a pretty incredible experience. Yeah. We can't just gloss over that. What was it like being in the mind of Dave <laughs> Castro, right? Like, cause I imagine, I mean, I'm sure that he has such a better, um, process in this, but I just imagine him like crazy scientist at a whiteboard, like let's yeah. go this at them and this at them. And then yeah. you guys go test and you can be like, uh, homeboy, this is super hard or this is light or whatever. What was that process like? Yeah. Um, really, really cool experience to get to see inside of that process. It was, um, I think the thing that surprised me the most was how much of I guess I would describe it as like an artistic brain Dave has. Um, I kind of expected him to be very like meticulous with his process and like, like you said, like mad scientist with like all the equations and everything going all over the board. And like, he is like, he has his process. He has like, you know, definitely the things, the pieces that he's trying to fit together, but it's almost it seems like he looks at it as more of an art form than a science uh, or maybe some sort of blend of the two, but he's just like has this super creative brain and like, it's almost like he, like from the outside, it looks like he's all over the place, but I'm sure he makes sense like in his world, but he would show up and just be like, I woke up at 6am and I had this creative brainstorm 
rewrote the whole thing. Let's go. And we're just like, what? <laughs> you know? And like, it were like, I want to try this. I want to play with that. And it's just, um, you kind of just get thrown into this creative process, which is really cool. Like, do you think you can do this? And you kind of just, it, like, you actually get to give feedback. You got, you got to like talk to him and work through it with him of like, well, maybe, maybe I can do that. Or maybe like, I maybe can't do that, but I'm sure some of the athletes can do that. Or, um, yeah. And then giving feedback, like he'll put you through a workout and, you know, how was it? And not, you're not just giving feedback on like, um, how it was for you, but you actually, like he includes you in the process of, you know, if it had been this many reps, it would have felt like this. If it had been at this weight, I would have had to do this and it would have changed the stimulus or, um, this was too light for me. It's going to have to be heavier for the games athletes, whatever it is. Like it was cool to be that involved and see and like actually have some input on the whole thing. He listens to you as much as he is telling you what to do. And, um, and you kind of just have to be on your toes because you could just be asked to do anything at any time, which is, it's exciting. So now people know that they can't just blame Dave Castro, right? Like all of their shirts <laughs> that were like blaming him. It's like, oh no, no games athletes. We are sitting down with <laughs> Kelly Clark and she had something to do with it. <laughs> Bloom, it looked like you were going to say something. Go ahead. Um, I was actually going to say pretty much the same thing, that we can't blame just Dave anymore, but um, I think I might still just keep it on him, you know? It feels like more right that way. I feel like it's not your fault, so... I'm not no, blame at the you. end of the day, he makes the decision. <laughs> He's got all the calls. Like we just tell him, you know, what it was for us. And, you know, and he has a lot of athletes testing, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, we were there for like, gosh, <laughs> we were there for like five weeks. Um, and there were like three of us, um, Allison Scuds and Connor Schmitz and I were there for like, I think Allie came a little bit later because her semifinal was a few weeks after us. Um, but we were there like every day, every other day for like four or five weeks. And then he would fly other athletes in for like a week at a time. And so they would like jump in and jump out. And um, yeah, so he gets, he does a lot of testing. It's pretty thorough. He gets a lot of feedback from lots of different types of athletes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool process. What was it like to feel like you were walking around with like some insider trading knowledge? <laughs> um, I think the hardest part about that was keeping it from Lance, <laughs> which is, this is my husband. <laughs> and uh, Lance and I like don't have secrets from each other. And that's like, that's always been something that's really big for us is that we share everything. And so for me to like be under contract and say like, I can't share this with you was really difficult just because it was like so out of the norm. And like Lance too, like he, <laughs> like Dave stole all his training partners. So 
<laughs> he's like training alone and he can't know anything about what's going on. So we'd get home and be like, you know, he'd be like, well, how was your day? And I'd be like, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I can literally just imagine like, oh, I have so many things to tell you and I can't tell you any of them. Yeah. Oh, like God. the person that I talk to when like this stuff is happening and things are cool or things are bad. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's probably so funny too, like that shift from telling each other everything to like having to keep the secret. And then on his end too, like having to be aware that, like you said, like he had lost all of his training partners. Like he had no one to like share that with. <laughs> what was like the biggest, um, uh, I mean, did you have to navigate that at all? Like, were there any times where you were like, I like really feel like this can turn into a fight? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lance is super social. He's, I mean, like if it had been the reverse, I would have been like, okay, have fun. I'm going to go read a book and like, <laughs> I get my alone time. But um, Lance is super social and he likes to be involved in all the action and connect with his people and everything. And so for him to kind of feel isolated, that was really hard. And, um, and for me to not to be able to talk to him, that was really difficult. And so it created a dynamic in our relationship that we definitely had to navigate. We had to have a lot of conversations about, um, how we were, gonna like work through this with each other and how we were gonna interact with each other while I was doing this because it didn't just last like a week it ended up being like over a month of secrets and stuff not and not not being able to involve him in like a big part of what's happening in my life um so I think that was it was sad for him it was hard for me um but yeah we we sort of found um we found deliberate ways that we could connect with each other outside of the gym was a really good solution for us. Um, because a lot of our connection points come in training and fitness and, you know, we're both so involved in the space, getting outside of that, like deliberately having and uh, creating more activities that we were doing together when I could. Sometimes it was like, I'd just come home exhausted, <laughs> like not be able to do anything. <laughs> but, but I mean, that was also like something that I had to understand. Like, even if I was exhausted, like it was important for me to make time for us to have connection points outside of the gym. So we go, we like to walk on the beach. We like to like go jump in the ocean. We like to go sit in the sauna or, um, I don't know. Like we went to, I think we went to an arcade one day and just like he likes to play the arcade games just like some things that were just fun that got us out of the you know fitness space that's super cool because a lot of times um and even just looking outside of training and athletes like a lot of times we get so wrapped up in our job or like this goal that we have that we lose the relationships that are so important to us. And that was something I know you mentioned at the beginning was like, you learned this year, you know, to put your family first. And I'm curious to know, like, what'd you learn from that? Because I think that's something that a lot of us this year, especially 
have struggled with is how do we separate life, job, all of these other things and balancing that with like what we really want for ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think I learned that life is better when you're taking care of the relationships that mean the most to you. Um, it's sort of like, you know, if you want to maximize performance in anything, no matter what your goals are, you have to take care of your health first, right? You have to take care of you in order to like perform at anything. I also feel that way. Like if you're, if you're not prioritizing the most important relationships in your life, at least for me, like family's really, really important to me. Um, then everything else suffers, you know, like something else is going to give somewhere and I don't have as much to give to my career, or my sport. Um, and so I think being happy with where my relationships are and where, you know, like my family's healthy, I've got good, strong relationships with them. It's then less stressful when I need to give to my sport or to my career. Um, I felt like I was in a better place mentally, emotionally, because I relaxed my grip on like controlling everything I could to maximize my physical performance and allowed myself to really lean into my family for a while. And I learned that my physical performance didn't suffer from that. It actually got better because I was a little easier with myself, a little nicer to myself, a little less stress, a little more relaxed. And so like, um, and happier, just, just happier. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, I just think that that enhanced everything rather than it didn't feel like I was sacrificing my training for my family. It felt like prioritizing my family made everything else better. It's a lot of um, like the wheel of life and it kind of looks like, you know, the like tire with all the different spokes and there's like family and finances, training, right? All the different things. And if we overextend in one side and under in the other, right? Like our wheel isn't, it's going to be kind of lot. I'm like, for those of you that can't see me, I'm like, <laughs> pretending <laughs> like I'm riding a lopsided bicycle right now. Um, but it's true. You get like stuck in these areas. And so we all kind of giggled when you brought up going to the arcade with Lance, but like those pattern disruptors are doing yeah. exactly what they're supposed to do. They're like changing the name of the game and like putting a new stimulus in place, right? If we want to talk training, new stimulus. Yeah. Um, and I think I always had like, I, I always had this um, mindset of like champions don't have balance. You know, if I want to be great at something, I can't have that balance. I have to be all in to my training and everything goes there to the sacrifice of everything else, you know? And I, I think that was a big lesson that, you know, okay, maybe it's not like everything equal and balanced, but still balance is important. <laughs> yeah. I totally feel like that's something that a lot of us, give up is, um, I was literally just talking about this with a client today. Like we have this all or nothing mindset and this belief that it has to be a hundred percent or it's zero. And it's while balance might not completely exist, right? Like maybe it's not 
50% here, 50% there, but there is a give and take and it has to be this um, sliding scale, I like to call it, of when you devote more time and energy to, to this space in your life and when you devote it to this place. Um, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, but still kind of on the same topic because I know that you had mentioned that you're rolling out these wellness programs. And I'm really curious to know like how you're balancing working on this, these programs that you're going to offer training and like balancing your life with that. Yeah. Uh, good question. (laughs) I ask because I'm literally like, uh, how do you do this? Yeah. We're getting our notebooks out where Bloom and I are about to, uh, jot down some pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ariel, I think I can empathize with you. I think I've always been the person that has more jobs than I need. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm always just like got my hands in a bunch of different things. And, um, but the wellness program is something that I've kind of been working towards slowly for maybe a little, maybe around a year. Uh, I started writing prehab programs for unorthodox programming. Um, it's Elijah Muhammad's programming site. And I really just found a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment in doing that. Um, got, I've always been interested in injury prevention. I've had a long history myself. And so like bulletproofing people before they get hurt is something that's really important to me. And um, kind of bridging that gap between what happens in physical therapy and what happened in the gym. And so it's something that's been on my mind for a really long time. Uh, ever since I was a younger athlete, it's sort of a front and center theme for me. And then just kind of got into conversation with Ryan, who's the owner of DeWitt PT one day. And we just kind of started working on it slowly. So like the last six months have been really, really slow, casual conversations here, maybe one formal conversation there. Uh, Maybe I write a little piece of it when I have free time and then we both get busy and we don't talk about it for a month. (laughs) Um, And so it's kind of just been pieced together slowly. And as soon as I finished my season, a few weeks ago, I went to Ryan and I was like, okay, I have some breathing space. I want to make a hard run. You know, like this is the opportunity that I have now that my season's over. I'm giving myself some downtime. I'm not focused as much on training. Lance is back in Canada. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I, we kind of just like, all right, let's go full speed ahead. We're going to make it happen. And so I really sat down and we're, making a hard push to launch it in the next few weeks. And then uh, I'm just going to hang on for the ride after that. (laughs) I love that. I feel like so often we have this idea. Okay. And I'm totally talking from entrepreneur brain right now. Um, And I know Jason is like this too. So I'm assuming most entrepreneurs are like this, but like we have an idea and we're like, we got to go full speed ahead right now. So I'm really, and I, 
I struggle with this one a ton. My husband's always like, you need to pump the brakes and you need to do one thing at a time. So how did you navigate that space of like, okay, I have to put this on pause because I'm working on this other really important goal of training and competing. How did you more from like a, how did you keep yourself excited about it without like losing sight of it? Um, while also recognizing that like it wasn't necessarily the time when you came up with the idea to like put it out there. Yeah. I mean, I think when I, when I go through these like brainstorming things, it helps, like I do write these things down and I'll just start like adding things to it slowly here or there when I come back to it. Um, I've probably had dozens, I don't know how many, maybe hundreds of ideas that I've just like written down in my eye notes somewhere. And a lot of them don't go anywhere. You know, like a lot of them maybe are still sitting there that I'm like, I'm going to get to that someday. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but this one just really stuck. And I think it helped that um, I had other people on board with me. And so it wasn't just me saying like, I'm someday I'll just keep it here it'll be on my computer I'll see it every now and then and not be able to get to it because I have other things going on um, it helped that Ryan was like no this is a good idea we need to do this and so we kind of held each other accountable he would get busy with the PT clinic and I would be like hey Ryan like let's do something about this. Like, let's just take the next step. And then I would get busy in competition and he'd be like, okay, after your competition's done, let's put something on the calendar. Um, and we kind of just leapfrogged like that. We kind of just tried to have, even if it was three weeks out, even if it was like, okay, both of us are slammed right now, but like, let's put something on the calendar for three weeks from now, just to hold ourselves accountable to like having the next conversation. Um, even if it happens slow, we just want to make sure this thing doesn't die. <laughs> and, um, and so that was, that was really helpful that we kind of both agreed on that and just kept pinging each other until we had the space to be like, all right, now we can do this. And I'm that. obviously very, very biased because Ryan helped bring me back after like massive injury competing. And that was how I started coaching with you and in yeah. that community. Um, and so obviously I'm really interested to see what rolls out um, because I cannot talk about injury prevention enough, yeah. <laughs> like the poster child for what happens if you don't do that stuff. Um, but you also said that eventually um, also rolling out, you know, just like lifestyle changes and, and different things like that to really encompass this holistic healing. What other modalities are you guys looking into? Yeah, I mean, the big, the big vision is to have uh, a fitness component to it, but a stress management component to it, recovery protocols, nutrition pieces, mindset stuff. Um, yeah, I guess uh, sleep stuff as well. Um, and so we're looking to build out a program that sort of helps guide people through getting themselves to a healthy space and whether it, whatever piece of it they need to focus on, or maybe it's trying to blend all the pieces together. Um, we both just kind of acknowledge that you can't, 
it's really hard to isolate one thing and say, I just need to work out every day and then I'll be healthy. You know, you, you have to sleep, you have to eat right, you have to take care of your mental, emotional well-being, you have to manage your stressors. And so we wanted to build something that was going to give people the tools to put all those things together. It's sort of like, like right now, if I, if I want tools for all of those things, I have to go to five different places to get coaching or advice or guidance on those things. Um, I, we wanted to build something that had resources for people in one place so that they could see how they all fit together. And um, so that's the, that's the end goal. It's going to start with, you know, a fitness program that's, you know, really, um, like there'll be CrossFit elements to it, but it's dialed back. There's no Olympic lifting. There's no high skill gymnastics. Um, it's a lot of like tempo strength work and unilateral stability stuff, core control, aerobic pieces. And then, um, and then eventually we'll start adding other modalities to it and, um, and piecing it all together. So that's, I guess that's the vision right now. It's super cool to hear the trajectory of where you want to go with this because for so long, I feel like in the health space, we've been saying like it all's connected. Everything's connected. You have to be looking at all of these pieces and there really hasn't, like you're saying, there hasn't been a way to get all of them in one place. And so that I'm really excited for you guys because that is something that I'm always looking for for clients especially like hey if you want like to work more on your mindset like go look at these resources but if you want to work on fitness stuff go look at these resources but like why not you know put them all in a place where people can easily access it. I think that that's something that we're totally missing. So it's so cool to hear. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing I'm really excited about for even just like the fitness piece of it. Um, and like talking about blending like stress management pieces to it. Um, the program is like, like I said, it's not like traditional CrossFit where it's like high intensity all the time. Um, there's like a, prehab flow piece to it. So you can kind of choose, you can choose your option for the day. You're ready to hit it hard. Here's my strength set. Here's my conditioning piece, or I'm under recovered or overtrained. And I'm just, I just need to move. I need to make myself feel good again. There's like a prehab flow piece to it. I can't tell you the number of times that people come into the gym and like jump into classes and they're just like, I'm work is crazy. Family's crazy. I'm stressed out of my mind. And you put them through like a high intensity, like brutal Metcon, and they end up in tears and pieces on the floor and they're broken. Like, and that's just, right. That's not literally what needed during for flight simulator once. Yeah. And you know, so. and like, I don't want those people to be scared to show up. I want them to come in because like movement can be really, really therapeutic for that in the right dose at the right intensity, you know, um, and so that's what we're trying to put together for this program, this wellness program, is to give people the option to say, like, I want to move, you know, I want to do something that's going to benefit my body, but I need to choose something that's going to move me forward and not just dig myself full. That's so cool. And I'm not even kidding. That was not an exaggeration. I did legitimately cry doing Flight Simulator. <laughs> yeah. Relatively recently, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> 
That's for, what's um, the one that's for the fighter? Uh, I want to say it's like uh, rowing, double unders, something else. Maybe oh, you fight gone bad? Nope. Yeah. Um, I also don't like that one. Actually, I'm pretty <laughs> tall, so I'm okay with oh, that. Oh, that's a good workout for you. It's a pretty decent one for me. But what he was the ghost? Is that it? The ghost. Oh. I don't you know, know I've that done one. that one. So it's supposed to simulate like a boxing round. Um, okay. Oh. And so it's like eight rounds and like get your heart rate up and recover. I would probably cry. I cried. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. When it I sounds first, like one where I would cry. Oh, yeah. It's when I first started coaching at NC Fit. And I was like, I'm going to yeah. jump in with the 430 class. And by like 506, I was crying. And I was like, it's fine. Yep. 506. <laughs> You're, I'm your coach. Uh, keep going, you guys. It's fine. Yep. You just, got it. just to uh, clarify, I was not coaching the class. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was taking it. Someone else was coaching. You weren't um, crying and coaching? No, but I have done that too. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heavy, high volume deadlifts make me cry every time. Yeah, I this feel show like... also makes us cry almost oh, every yeah. time. So if we get real yeah. emotional, um, don't you know? Don't hold back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of like other movements. I wonder if there's something to this. Like there's specific movements that elicit that response in our bodies because there are some things like double unders are one of them because like you get hit enough times, yeah. you're gonna cry because that <laughs> it hurts. But like, or throw your rope across the room. Right. I also heard somebody <laughs> tell me that they smashed their their uh, jump rope handles with a dumbbell once. So <laughs> that was an interesting response. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm wondering though if there's like really I don't know. We're gonna have to get a poll going on this. Like, is there a set of movements that everybody cries in? I do think there's movements that are more taxing on your nervous system than others. Yeah. And so like those things definitely like if you're feeling a little under recovered for the day, if you're already in a deficit and then you get hit with those things, that's probably setting you up <laughs> pretty good. Oh yeah. I also I totally have agree. my like neuroscience therapy brain going on and I'm like, well, the body holds on to trauma. And if we move that trauma in a way, of course we're going to have <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Like, is there, certain are there certain yeah. movements where like because we store a lot of trauma in our hips like is it something with our hips i'm interesting yeah now my brain's going right. in all different directions Lindsay, i'm gonna need you to like I look into it you're gonna look need to do the research <laughs> okay sick. Yeah, yeah. i'll see Send you guys <laughs> yeah i'll see you guys in like six years yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, you gotta get on that <laughs> Yeah, this is Bloom's entrepreneur brain. It's like, we need to do it now. We need to figure yep. it out now. I told you, it never stops. I'm telling you, it's like it nonstop. How do you manage this? <laughs> it's like squirrel brain. It's true. Uh, I also, it's good to have Lance around because I come up with a million ideas. I'll be like, oh, I just thought of something. And he'll be like, what now? <laughs> and I'll be like, no, it's really time. good this time. And I'll like spit it out. And he'll be really, really honest with me. Like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> or, <laughs> or it's never going to work. Or like, hey, that was actually a good one. All right, let's do this. <laughs> we all need, I call it my panel. Like I have yeah. my panel of people in my life that I go to, Bloom's on my panel. I'll be like, hey, I have this idea. Or like, I have this really tough thing. And there are people that you 
intentionally and consciously put in your life for that exact reason that will tell you if something's a good idea, they will tell you if something's shit and they tell you with so much love. (laughs) It's not like I'm going to tear you down, but it's like, (laughs) I am here to let you know that doesn't sound like the best use of your time resource. (laughs) I love that. It's so true though. I feel like we do need those people in our lives. And if you can get it in somebody that you're around as often as you're around Lance, like that's awesome because then anytime you have that idea, he could be like, no, really. Yeah. Yeah, Props to you guys. You guys both married that person in your life. Yeah. I've got my dog. You say that now, like it's a good thing, but like sometimes I'm really excited about an idea and I get shot down so fast that I'm like, you didn't even let me explain it. Do you even love me? Totally. Do you really? even love me? <laughs> oh yeah. We've had conversations that like that. I'm like, but and, like he'll shoot me down and I'll get like really sad because I like hyped myself up so hard and he'll be like, what's wrong? And I'll be like, well, you didn't have to tell me that harsh. <laughs> you didn't have to be so mean about it. <laughs> oh man. I thought it was really good this time. <laughs> Oh, if I had a nickel for every like idea I thought was really good, that was probably right. not. I would not have to come up with ideas anymore because I'd be a millionaire on my nickel. That's, yeah. <laughs> Kelly, if people want to keep up with what's happening with this wellness program, they want to watch your fitness journey. They want to get involved with CrossFit Up if they're in Santa Cruz. Where do they find you? How do they connect? Um, I guess the my Instagram is. I am Kelly Clark, um, and you can follow my CrossFit journey there, and I will be posting updates on the wellness program as well. It will also be on the DeWitt Physical Therapy CrossFit Up pages, and um, yeah. Epic. Or come drop by in Santa Cruz. I will be there, um, not this weekend, but next. So we'll come come train. Sorry, Bloom. We'll go jump in the ocean and train and make Bloom really jealous. Deal. I miss the ocean. (laughs) It misses you. Misses you. Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to talk to you guys.